Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing Canada. Go to the website, memorize the catalog, then go to your local dealer and get fitted. Phoenix Handlebars is also on board with us. If you're playing Big MX Radio Trivia, every single correct answer for this month enters you to win a brand new set of handlebars from Phoenix Handlebars, as well as a set of grips. And as well on with us is... Guts Racing, Andy Gregg at Guts Racing, awesome guy, extremely fast turnaround time, and the product speaks for itself. Whether you're getting a full seat or just a seat cover, you're going to be happy with what you get from Guts Racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, this being episode 876 of the Big MX Radio Podcast, and I am extremely excited to bring you an athlete who I've looked up to since I had his poster on my wall and a full gold glittered out the most epic super mini to ever grace the the MGM's uh track at the US Open. I can't remember what year it is. He's about to remind me. Uh the one the only Nico Izzy. Nico, how's it going? Good. Good. How are you? Dude, I am so stoked to have you on. Like I, I've said this to a number of people because there's a lot of people who are responsible for this, but like part of this podcast is all your fault. Like me getting <laughs> so into this sport and being so damn into it and just like memorizing results and like hanging on the every word of the athletes as I grew up. Like that awesome. like totally blinged out super mini at uh, US Open. You like you are to blame in part for this podcast <laughs> having gone on 876 episodes. Uh so yeah, you, you can accept that blame whether you likes to or not. Yeah, I like it. I liked it a lot. That would have been 04, by the way. The, the super slick mini was 04. So 03 was the first year I did it. And then 04, I came back because I won it the first year. And then, you know, when we came back the second year, FMF threw on a sick, like, gold play to play. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Okay, yeah. so like let's let's start there because that that is like sort of like the diving board where like you really came on there. I remember there was I think it was an article either in either Racer X or maybe it was the Pickle back in the day or an Emic or a, a Moto Playground where you had the the no fear gear, the like cream colored cowboy hat on. Like I think you're probably <laughs> 11 or 12 years old. Uh, that was that's peak Nico Izzy coming on the scene. Watch out, I'm coming. Uh, tell me about that time and the first time that you laid eyes on that gold pipe from FMF. Little D set uh, setting that up for you. That is the coolest thing yeah. I've ever seen. 
Yeah, that was a good time, man. I uh, do you remember that article? It on uh, yeah, I do. I think it was. Um, it may have even been MX Racer. I think that or, or um, Mini Racer. I don't know. There's maybe Mini Racer. There's a couple of those magazines that kind of went out, but yep. yeah. Um, I do remember. I did the interview at Elsinore. I had my dogs in there and everything. It was it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, dude, that that was a. That was a good time, man. Me and my mom were living in the motorhome, dude. I was homeschooled and just put and just grinding, dude. I mean that that's what made me good. Yeah, man. You were you're like the the face of amateur motocross uh, in throughout a time when the amateur scene was was really hot. Suzuki uh, had, was basically supporting it, lock, stock, and barrel. You guys are essentially to the eye, to the untrained eye were full-on factory superstars uh, as far as going to the races, fully decked out, and the latest and greatest from some of the most iconic gear companies of that time. And the bikes always look good, um, especially with those big Wiseco stickers up on the... Uh, uh, everybody had those. Um, on the yeah. fork guards, you name it. Uh, really good-looking bikes. Bikes look fast. They sounded sick. Uh, really cool time, in, I'm sure, in your career. Something that, uh, regardless of, uh, of, of the, the different pathways you've gone over the years, uh, something you can always look back on pretty fondly i'd imagine yeah no matter what dude i can always look back and know that i've lived a life that you know not many have you know what i mean i mean mm -hmm. to the average person it's still a good life dude and yeah even even though there um were some poor choices made i you know i'm older i've learned and uh but that was a good time dude there was it was a sick group of guys you had me Millsaps, i think uh lawrence josh yep. lickle it was just like a solid like it was like a dirty dozen kind of group of kids that were pretty badass, and um, yeah, we it was it was cool. It was, it was a cool thing to be a part of. So, like, tell tell me a little bit about like amateur days. Davy Millsaps, uh, rest in peace, Josh Lichtel, uh, Jason, Jason, or yeah, Jason Lawrence. Like, do you like? I hate to just put you on the spot, but do you have like a just uh, like a, a great story from from a motorhome or just traveling, or just the fact of you guys showing up to those races? And essentially being the big man on campus with a huge target on your back to be like, like everyone wants to beat you. And also at the same time, like you showing up to a race, you, you got to win. Like it's like, that's a lot of pressure for a young kid to show up and basically be like, I'm expected to smoke everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was not really, but dude, yeah, there, there's dude, man, there's so many stories. At one time it was me Lickle, Lawrence, um, Bobby Canari, because he rode for Suzuki as well. We were all staying in my motorhome, and it, it got pretty rowdy um, a handful of times. But it, it was good times, man. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of what made us, dude. I love it. And then you go on to turn pro, uh, 10th overall at Millville, the first national that I ever went to back in 2007. Um, and actually a strong finish to the nationals that year. You go, you go 10, then five, like that, that's yeah, pretty City, solid, man. Steel City was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, that's not easy, dude. I know Kennard, I had a, dude, I had a freaking hard group, me, Stroop and Kennard. Kennard was on fire, like winning stuff right off jump. So. Yep. I was like, man, this guy isn't making it easy at all. So, but um, it was still solid, you know. We did the classes were stacked then; they still are stacked. And um, just to go out and do that stuff, man, you got to be a in tip-top shape and, and be a fine-tuned athlete. That you do. Uh, quick question: When 
but like you, you kind of graduated with Kennard and and Stroop. Was Kennard better on the Kawasaki, or was he better on the uh, on the Honda his last year on amateurs? No, I would definitely say the Geico Honda. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he, he, yeah he, but what, what's crazy is he, you know, he he, he kind of came out of nowhere. Good at, yeah, he was always like decent on eighties, and then it was like all of a sudden he got on big bikes, and it was like whoa, like dude, he's gnarly. <laughs> Yeah, he really started yeah, going cool. fast on big bikes. Yeah, and I always loved Trey, dude. He always is such a humble, like, you know what I mean? Just such a good dude, and that that's that's awesome because you don't find that very often. Certainly not. Yeah, like for for uh, top end talent like that, just to have the the world in your pocket, uh, the palm of your hand. There's a lot of guys who can develop a pretty quick ego, but that was never Trey. Even the times that I've seen him on track walk at Supercrosses, always takes the time yeah. and just uh, as, he's as advertised as, as, as nice as he is as in, on interviews and podiums and this that and the other thing. Like he's a fierce competitor, but he is one of the nicest guys in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you ra- did you race a uh, uh, RM125 much? Like I know you were Suzuki right in through the the end of your uh, amateur career. Even racing a 450, probably more than any kid nowadays. Like they all seem to seem to stay on 250Fs until they turn pro. Uh, you were known right. to to race both, and actually pretty good on the 450 uh, in throughout the like. So I'm thinking like Lake Whitney days and and uh, yeah, and dude, stuff it, like it that. Like lots of time on the 450. Yeah, I remember many O's. <laughs> I did a 125, a 250F, and a 450. It was I did like six or seven classes. It was pretty crazy. But um, just having to switch, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. all the different bikes was pretty wild. And but uh, I learned my lesson on a 450 quite a few times. Man, thing it bites hard. And out back then I was you know still kind of light and small, so I had to learn quick for sure. 140 pounds on a uh, 50. Probably, yeah, probably not five. even that. Like yeah. 130. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, crazy. Well, let's spin the clocks forward a little bit. This past weekend, Red Bull straight rhythm, back to two strokes, not totally unlike that 125 you were racing, but probably a little bit more well-appointed uh, like as far as just the, the, the suspension goes and everything like that. But uh, what was it like, um, like just for the in the last, I guess, 12 weeks for you, Getting back on a motorcycle, uh, re yourself within the community, uh, readapting to riding some supercross. I'm sure a little bit of rust right off the hop, but uh, I'll take rest over rust any day of the week. You 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 probably uh, right back like a fish in water, uh, doing the jump combinations like you never left, and uh, and then you hop on a two stroke, uh, something that you never did as a pro, um, and uh, and it looked pretty comfy, man. I I gotta say, like they, I, some people don't believe in natural ability, but uh, uh, if if anything, you've uh, you've had that uh, that skill ingrained in you some way somehow, and it's pretty impressive to see. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'd, uh, it definitely was a cool event, man. And I, I wanted to get into it since I basically started back riding because I did it um, in 2014, and then in 2016, I think it was last year I did it, and I just knew it was a cool event. You know what I mean? And the track was actually pretty gnarly this year. Like it was technical, and. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to do it from the from the get go, and then I finally got confirmed to, to be in it. Like shoot, probably a week and a half, two weeks before, and then I was scrambling to find a bike. I couldn't find one, and the ones I could get were like pretty old. And I wanted to kind of get on something newer to just to try and be competitive. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, then I yeah, I reached out to Don, and and he said he had a brand new 2023 Yamaha, and 
he made it happen, dude. I mean, we went and basically just had Dave Schmidt stiffen up the suspension, threw a Bill's pipe on it, and just let it rip. You know, I knew uh, I knew it probably wasn't going to compete with some of the factory guys with their gnarly motors and everything. But I knew, you know, just getting back out there and having fun, dude. And just like you said, doing the rhythms and showing people that I could still ride a dirt bike and throw a couple whips, dude. And just, yeah, have fun, have a blast. And come home safe was the main thing. You know what I mean? Because, uh, so, like, yeah, some of those sections were, were pretty crazy. It certainly was. Like, it, that, that that track is no joke. Uh, what they built out there, there was some serious hits. And uh, as they were talking about on uh, the Pulp Show last night is, uh, like, you can try a jump. And if you're, like, trying to, uh, like, kind of extend one of the, si- the sections to try and triple something or quad something. Um, but it's not like a regular Supercross track where you're, you're quadding into a corner where all you have to worry about is just, like, grabbing a, uh, grabbing the binders and getting to the next corner. Like, if you, you stretch something out, the next thing you're hitting is another jump and uh it it can get kind of scary um hats off for you to uh to go out there and even stealing a win off of uh the one the only justin barsha you're lucky you didn't come across (laughs) the it was a win hey he crossed the line but hey I, i guess i'll take it however Hey, dude, I, I won the this last year. This last year, I won the plus twenty five B championship for the only fact that I showed up to all the races. But you know, I'm showing up to the banquet and collecting my number one plate. <laughs> Absolutely, that's right. Hell yeah! So, um, like, yeah, you, like you you snagged a win. You uh, you were the like your fourteenth fastest. Uh, half a second off of uh, Kevin Morans and Stank Dog, who are current racers, as well as the fact that you were faster b- by than all but two of the 125s. And I'll, yeah, they're all 125s, but reg- regardless, um, like three months back on the bike, two stroke and all, I, 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 I throw my shoulder out patting you on the back, man, because that is, uh, that is not easy. And hats off to you. There's probably there's some guys out there who probably thought they were going to be ahead of the. Uh, uh, the 341, but it just wasn't the case. Yeah, I, all I know is walking the track the first day, I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want to be here and do this. This track's pretty gnarly. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of debating it, but after you get out there and you start hitting some of the sections, it slowly started coming back, and uh, I'm glad I did it, dude. I'm glad that Eric Bernard, you know, um, confirmed me to be in, and um, just, yeah, coming back into the community and having um, people show the love that they're showing it's cool you know i came into it expecting the worst kind of hoping for the best and i'm just uh just happy trying to grind each day and get a little bit further ahead and keep it moving dude absolutely uh eric perinard is uh, a salty earth uh, guy he will uh, bend over backwards for the people who uh he champions and people that he uh really likes within the sport and he, he's such a supportive individual and, and loves to see uh people enjoying themselves on two wheels and uh you're definitely included in that mix um Honestly, it's it's been encouraging to, for me to see the the motocross community embrace you the way they have. Uh, obviously, there's always going to be people who are, are naysayers or have something negative to say, but I think the the well overwhelming majority of people uh, have been positive to see you coming back and uh, and feeling the love, getting back on two wheels, uh, whether it's. Uh, dusty motos at Elsinore or, or heading out to Glen Helen or something along those lines. Um, it's got to, I think the overall, uh, the, 
the reception has been positive for you uh, coming back to the sport that you were uh, uh, so talented at and, and had a lot of headlines on top of the fact that uh, maybe one of the best segments that uh, Verb Moto ever put out the opening segment in the epic video, which is, uh, yeah, just goes uh, without saying. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm pumped. Can't wait to see what the future holds. And like I said, just keep grinding. So when, when you like kind of decided to, to dip your toes back into this, uh, what was your approach? Who did you reach out to? Uh, obviously, um, like you did a, a great podcast, which is available on YouTube uh, with Don Maeda. It was uh, pretty hard hitting and some very, some real conversation in there, uh, which I commend you for being so open about. Um, right. What, how did you go about doing that? Like, what was the sort of the, the method to the madness as far as like wanting to uh, like just dip your toes back in? Um, like, like, how did you originally uh, get in contact? Like, is that is the Husqvarna that you're riding now? Is that a, a bike that's like did you pay for that bike, or is that a bike yeah, that you're dealing yeah, through yeah, a dealer? Did. How's that work? Yeah, we um. So I basically um talked to an old friend, Shane Marklin. His son rides now um, on 80s and Super Minis, and uh, he helped me like back in 2014, and just kind of reached out to him, dude. I, I didn't even like expect to be back in California. So I kind of landed here and I um, went to his house and he had a buddy drop off like an old 17 Yamaha 450 just to like, I was like, dude, I just want to go ride. You know what I mean? I don't care what it is as long as long as the bike's safe, you know, I just want to go see what it's like again. So we, uh, we went out to Glen Ellen and I rode like two or three times on that. And then, uh, of course you go out there and it's the middle outdoor season. So everybody's there and, you know, you got Don Maeda and, everybody they're like where the hell did this guy just come from you know what I mean so um it was cool dude I I told my dad I was like hey you know at least uh let's go buy a decent bike you know so I don't get hurt and that's how we went about getting the the Husky 450 and you know Don had um kind of talked to Shane a bit and and myself and was like you know I think it'd be really cool let's and I I was I didn't want to do it honestly I was like man I'm good dude I just you know I know how how it can go and I was scared, dude. You know, I, I had already kind of been through a lot and I just kind of want to keep to myself and have fun with it. And, but it was good for me. You know what I mean? I, I'm super pumped that I did that interview because it opened up a lot of doors and, and, um, just, yeah, it, it's done great things for me. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be where I am right now if, if I didn't do that. So, it's cool. I it just, whenever one door closes, there's always going to be another one that opens. And I just kind of told myself, like, I just want to be able to use my mistakes or my story as like something that people who are struggling can, you know what I mean? Like be inspiration to, and, and just know that there's always another way out. You know what I mean? You can always keep grinding and try to just put your head down. And even though there's days when I ask myself, like, man, I is this like really it, you know, but you know, anything's better than what I, uh, where I once was. And honestly, I'm lucky to even be alive and, and to make it through some of that stuff. And I'm just happy. I want to, I want to use it in a positive inspirational way and, and why not do it, you know, in a way with, with moto with something that I'm good at, you know what I mean? I mean, some people may be like, why didn't that dude just step away, you know, and start it, start his life doing something else. But I mean, moto's all I know. I I was homeschooled and I was great at it. So why not try to 
you know what I mean? Just, just turn things around and, and I'm sure uh, people have a short memory. If you start doing good things and, you know, they, they forget pretty quick. Certainly. And I, I've been encouraged to see just such the, the positive response that there has been for you. And uh, yeah, like uh, I'm sure I'm not the first one to say that uh, happy to see you back. Happy to see the, uh, uh, the 341 out there on the track, enjoying yourself. Uh, you, you, you knocked the rust off pretty quick, man. Like, uh, uh, I think I probably had, I had a, probably a second on you lap for about, uh, 15 seconds. Um, and then it all came <laughs> rushing back to you and you're, you're, you're back to throwing the bike upside down. Uh, great to see. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, regardless of what the results, uh, say on paper, uh, as far as what you end up doing with the sport, um, just, you back enjoying yourself, enjoying the sport, and like you said, being a positive influence because uh, if there's somebody out there who they themselves are struggling with some stuff or just going through uh, uh, just a shitty time in their life, regardless of what that means for them, uh, to see you have right. that comeback story, I think everyone loves a comeback story. I think uh, like uh, the underdog that bites back is certainly something that uh, you're embracing and, um, and, and you're fighting for it. And then even if that means just like putting in the work every single day and doing your thing, man. I, I think that's a really positive thing and you're doing it. So uh, congrats on that. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Certainly. So um, like what has been like sort of the day-to-day -day, uh, schedule for you? Uh, do, you do you just like wake up, text uh, Don Maid and say, hey, what are we doing today? Or uh, like, do you have <laughs> like, uh, who no, do you connect with? Like, What's it like? Don, yeah, Don's my guy, but um. Dude, honestly, like, if I'm not riding myself or I've been, you know, training kids, you know, at least once or twice a week, if I'm not doing that, I'm trying to, like, basically restart my life. I had to go get a license, so I'm either at the DMV or I had to go buy a truck and, you know what I mean, just get established again and get stable. And, you know, right now I'm looking for a house to, uh, you know, lease or just it just personal life stuff that you know i got to get back established mm -hmm. and um so yeah and that stuff gets super frustrating you know there's days where you're like feel like you're not getting ahead at all but um yeah honestly riding is kind of just like a release for me and and when i can go out and train kids and stuff it's uh yeah you, you know it's, it's nice you can enjoy it and just hang out and do what you love Certainly, and, and this is something that uh, I spoke about on my most one of my most recent podcasts, uh, where I had uh, an athlete on who does a fair bit of uh, training with riders as well. Is when you you're able to uh, pass on the knowledge that you accrued over many years and many laps racing motocross, supercross, um, being able to, uh, to provide kids with that sort of that aha moment that like when they finally get it and they look at you like that thing you were describing to me or explaining, I just did it and now it's cemented in. Uh, that's got to be a really rewarding experience for you and uh something just like it warms the heart and makes you want to keep coming back for more yeah absolutely especially when you get some kids that are you know what i mean they're they're, they're solid you can tell that they're driven they want it and uh it's cool for sure i mean it just there's so many life lessons do that you can teach you know on a dirt bike you know you know what i mean like there's so much stuff that you like the mental state that you have to go through to like basically suffer on a dirt bike to get through a 35 minute moto that you got to also take into life you know what i mean and and it's cool just to kind of share those like lessons like hey you know what like if something happens in life what are you gonna you know what i mean you just don't can't quit and throw up your arms and just you know what i mean so it's, it's cool just to kind of share all kinds of different stuff like that with with, with youngsters and yeah just try to keep the positivity rolling and um yeah that's that's the main goal 
So if somebody's in SoCal and uh, they, they want to get, get uh, some some riding lessons from a guy like yourself, uh, just hit you up on Instagram. What's the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, probably on Instagram. DM me and uh, I'll shoot you my number and we'll get it going from there. Awesome, man. That's good to hear. So, um, Red Bull Straight Rhythm is in the, the rearview mirror. There was some really cool setups for that. Um, like, how did that bike get set up for, with you? Um, how much testing time did you have on it? And how much different was riding a track on a two-stroke a two versus uh, riding Straight Rhythm on it? Yeah, it was uh, so I only rode the bike like twice. Um, there really wasn't, the bike wasn't, it, it was just a stock bike with a, with a Bill's pipe and, and some stiff suspension, you know what I mean? But I knew that, uh, a brand new 2023 Yamaha would probably be way better than, than, you know, like an 05 or an 06 Suzuki or something like that. So, um, yeah, just kind of did the best with what we had, uh, riding, I, I rode Mumford's track the two days that I tested it and, it was different, you know. What I mean, a 450 just has so much torque and stuff, and then you hop on that thing, and it, it feels like you're on a almost like a 125. I'm glad I didn't do the 125 class because, I mean, those guys were actually making it look pretty easy on the 150s, but I don't know, man. It, it some of that stuff was hard on 250, so I can only imagine. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm shoot, dude. But there wasn't a whole lot of preparation that went into it. It was just kind of have fun, wing it, and see what happens. Well, and th- that in and in itself is I honestly it always blows me away with uh like you guys make riding look so easy like honestly like whether whether it's uh Roxon riding uh, a Yamaha with one or two days on that thing period yourself okay it's a stock bike with a pipe and stiffer suspension still being able to navigate those jumps and blitz a set of whoops like i realize like there's so much there's such a high skill level that you guys have like the fact that you were only uh, a half a second off of some current ra- uh, current racers absolutely blows my mind on like that much little prep because like i have to ride probably four or five times at the beginning of every every summer to just even feel like a, a hint of what I'm able to do by mid season, late season. Uh, but you guys almost seem to have it on tap. That is like a really, really neat skill that you guys have. Yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely blessed to have that. There's, there's not very many guys in the world that, you know what I mean? That's why there's only 40 man gates, you know, if it was easy, a lot of people would do it. So that's definitely, um, definitely nice to have a gift like that. And obviously when you work at it and you're healthy for a long time, man, you can really shine, you know, like those top guys that are seasoned, Roxon and Barsha and uh, Muskan. And I mean, you watch them and I mean, even where I'm, I'm like, man, dude, they make it look so easy. And you're like, dang, you know, so it's something to just keep working at, dude. And it's, 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 it's a cool sport. It's dangerous, but it's cool, man. It's rad. Heck yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is a dangerous sport. You yourself had uh, the the 2014 season, 2016 season just gone. They're not they're not in the vault because you weren't able to race those years um, due to due to some pretty gnarly injuries, man. Uh, like if not for uh, for some injuries, I, I think you would have enjoyed a lot more success throughout uh, the the beginning of your pro career, like uh, in the earliest portion of like say 2000. And, 2008 2009 like you're knocking down podiums including at daytona of all places on, on a 250f um yeah if, if not for some untimely injuries i think uh we're talking about a, an even more successful career than you had yeah for sure for sure and uh 
yeah, the heel injury is what really like set me back. And yeah. then I had some good, you know, like years after that, a lot of solid top tens. But yeah, right when I first came in, I was, I mean, shoot, dude, I, I was expected to be on the podium. So there was a, I had to find my way there some, some, somehow, some way. So, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, everything happens for a reason, man. I'm not going to shake a stick at it. Could have been better. Could have been worse, but um, it is what it is, man. You never know what the future holds and who knows, man guys are coming back out of retirement and racing and you know i mean shoot i, I feel like our uh the life expanded for this sport is kind of lasting a little bit longer due to dungy and reed and you know these guys are coming back and and doing it still late into their you know the, what 30 so yeah i think uh who knows man crazier things have happened and um you know i'm trying to just ride as much as i can and um I'm putting a supercross suspension on my Husky and going to start riding that. Been talking to a couple teams out here and trying to get something rolling for next year supercross, but uh that's the main goal. Dude, I want to I want to get back racing and uh doing it full time again. So, hopefully the good Lord blesses me and I we can make that happen and I stay healthy and just keep it moving. That's well that was my next question for you. Is 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 uh is is there going to be a full uh comeback story within this uh talking to some teams whether you do a couple of rounds as, as a total privateer or something along those lines um that would be a, a great comeback story regardless of what, what the results say um but uh like yeah like what, what's the what's the game plan to come back for that like uh who, who's uh, who's doing your suspension I, I i thought maybe uh don would uh hook you up with uh, with his brother at enzo suspension to uh to get that thing fitted out uh, what's going to be the approach? Um, and uh, like, do you like when you when you prepare for something like this? Do you sort of map out what your schedule is going to be, or do you take it day by day? Honestly, right now it's kind of day by day, just because it could change so drastically. You mm-hmm. know, as far as like with being, you know, if I'm doing it on my own, as far as if uh, you know a, a team approaches me, it's totally different. So um, right now, the most important thing is just getting stable in my personal life. So all I have to do is wake up and focus on the goal. And the goal is to get super gnarly on a bike again and, and just ride as much as I can and get fit and just put the hours in, man. And um, I know once I can be out here, you know, at the practice tracks and people see me riding and, and what I can do when I'm fit and healthy, I have no question that um, something will open up and, and um, I, you know, I should be able to come out and, and uh yeah swing for the fences awesome man well i'm really encouraged to hear that uh whether that's uh, on a team or uh, or doing it on your own accord uh, i'll be at anaheim one and i have a really good feeling that you'll be there as well uh and that's that's awesome to hear like uh uh that that's the comeback story that people love to uh, to rally behind and i hope that you do get that support um so uh yeah it's it's just about uh, one o'clock on uh, on the west coast. There, uh, no riding today, but uh, are you are you riding this week? And uh, where do you think you're going to yeah. do a lot of your Supercross prep? Um. So, well, yeah. Uh, this Thursday, I'll be training some kids out at Glen Helen. Probably gonna put in one of my last outdoor motos out there before I get my uh, suspension switched over. And then, um, I don't know. There's a uh, you know out at Paula Supercross track. You can go out there. Um, Mumford, when he's out, you know, at his tracks up here in the high des, uh, you know, he, it's been a blessing. I could go out there and he's let me train and ride with him. Super cool family, cool kid. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a handful of tracks, dude. And, um, 
just want to surround myself with good people and, and somebody that's always, you know, kind of pushing yourself and pushing you, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, got to challenge yourself every day and, and sometimes do a lot of things you don't want to do, but you, you know, it's going to make you better. So yeah, just, um, keep it, keep it going, dude. Staying healthy is the most important thing and, and being, you know, trying to take something positive out of every situation, even if it's negative and, uh, yeah, man, just just be grateful and humble and, and uh, just know you're blessed, dude. That's it. Awesome, dude. Well, uh, I, I'm really pumped that you were able to come on the Big Mix Radio podcast uh, brought to you by Fox yeah, Racing Canada. So yeah, absolutely. It, it's it, honestly a huge pleasure to have you on. Uh, someone who, like I said, I looked up to as, as a young athlete when you were on Super Minis in throughout the end of your uh, amateur career and uh, as well as a, as a, as a pro. Like uh, you, you always had a ton of skill. Someone who I, I always hoped good things for, regardless of, uh, of what team you're on or what your situation is. And I think that's going to be said for a lot of uh, fans out there so uh, it's great to see you back thank you so much man thanks for having me and uh yeah let's uh let's keep keep this going and um i wish you the best and i hope to see you out at anaheim i certainly will be there and we'll we'll, we'll chat again uh soon probably before uh before we hit that but uh uh nico izzy here on the big mx radio podcast um thanks so much for making the time do not hang up just okay. yet but for podcast sake okay. we're gonna cut it off Right there.